Welcome to the Jerry Acuff Show. I'm Jerry, your host, and I started this podcast to bring to you people who are doing incredible things. I've always been fascinated by those who have found their greatness, and I'm excited to share the secrets of their success. Let's meet today's guest. I am excited today to have Louis Day uh, on our show as a guest, and Louis is a longtime friend of mine and a sales leader extraordinaire, and now a published author. Louis's book, Destination Success, which is a business fable about school, work, and life, to me, having read it uh, twice, is a must-read for any high school or college student who wants to understand exactly what it takes to be successful in life. And I would even say anybody who wants to understand what it takes to be successful in life would benefit from from uh, from Louis's book. And now I bought four copies. I gave my 18-year-old son his copy this past Sunday when he was home from uh, from college for to sleep and eat, and that's all he does when he comes home. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, to hear his thoughts. So welcome, Louis Day, to the Jerry Acuff Show. Thank you very much, Jerry. It is a pleasure to be here. So, Louis, when and where did you get the inspiration to write this book? Well, Jerry, as you know, a life in sales leadership means you're on the road quite a bit. So you have, have quite a bit of time in hotel rooms and, uh, you know, about three or four things happened at the same time. One, uh, I, I did have that time on my hands late evenings uh, in hotel rooms and uh, I was writing a lot of notes at the time thinking that, wow, if, if something ever happened to me, I wish my son knew this or I wish my, you know, one of my three daughters knew this. And when, when I started putting a lot of that on paper, I told a couple of my mentors that I was doing this. And one of them said to me, you know, be very careful because if you have one on your hard drive and one in notes in a book, God forbid something happens one day, people may not know where to find it. So really do a good job of organizing those thoughts and putting them together somewhere where people can find it. And, and I was always so inspired by the business fables of the legendary writers like Ken Blanchard or Patrick Lencioni that I thought, wow, could I put all these thoughts and ideas for my own kids into a story? And, and actually the story uh, involves my two oldest daughters. So, uh, so I just made up a story that would, uh, we, we would tell a lot of these life lessons. So basically, these these life lessons are what you wanted your children to know. Yeah, that, that, that's how it started. And then, uh, you know, uh, my wife is obviously very extremely encouraging and supportive of everything. And she said, you know, you've been a, a sports coach most of your life and, and, and a coach as a sales leader. There may be some other people who could benefit from that, too. And then the idea of the book just grew and grew and grew. And I said, you know, through great advice from my mentors, you being one of them, was uh, maybe I can get this thing published. Well, I would say you got it published, and it is it is a it is a terrific, terrific book. You know, early on in your book, you talk about mindset and how critical mindset is. Um, talk about that a little bit. You know, Jerry, it, it's funny because it is it's scattered throughout the book, and 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 when when somebody asked me about mindset, I'd actually jump way towards the end of the book, around chapter six. Um, I, I tell a story about how I was coming home from school one day when I was 12 years old back in 1980, and um, 
you know, I was goofing off with some friends. We were playing some games. Then I separated from them, and I got down the street, and I could see some cars in my driveway. And as I'm walking up this street, you know, I loved having company, so I was actually kind of excited about that. But everything changed when I walked in the door that day, Jerry. It was it was a tragic day in our family's history. And, um, you know, I looked around the room, and there was a parish priest, and there was family friends, and, and my mom and my sisters. And they had to tell me that my, my dad had dropped dead uh, on his lunch hour on the streets of Philadelphia of a massive MI. And when we talk about mindset, I think this is the best example of it. You know, my mom was very strong in her teaching to me of, you know, life can be wonderful and it can be extremely challenging and you have to deal with it however it comes. So you have two choices here in this type of a, of a tragedy. You can make a decision to say, why me? Or you can make a decision of, you know what, life is very valuable, and I'm going to take each day with the passion and make the most of each and every day, give 100% with a great attitude and a strong work ethic. Uh, and there was absolutely no way, Jerry, I was, going to, uh, I was going to lay down with a why me, everything bad happens to me type attitude. I well, you know, Kevin Elko, who who coaches, I mean, motivates the Crimson Tide and the Philadelphia Eagles, which are close to your heart, uh, is a friend of mine, and one of the things he says is, "You're either a victim or a victor." Uh, and and I love that. You know, one of the quotes that you had, and I'm going to read this from page eight because, honest to God, you know, this ought to be in 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 everybody's book of great quotes. If you are always distracted by searching for the next opportunity or finding fault with the current one, you will not fully develop or fully assimilate into the life opportunity. I mean, that is a brilliant combination of words. Well, thank you very much. And it, it, it's something, Jerry, that I was always worried about. It, you know, I, I, I would get into these positions, these wonderful opportunities that companies would give me. And then I was always looking for the next promotion. And sometimes you wouldn't get into the community that you were living in. You wouldn't get into the depth of the job that you possibly could. You were really looking for how can I make my mark and move on. And when I look back over those 20, 25 years, I'm like, wow, I, I really could have enjoyed that district manager job in Southern California a lot more or that Western area training job. There was numerous relocations and numerous jobs that, that I said, boy, I could have jumped a lot deeper into my surroundings where I was living and uh, gotten more involved in the community and had a lot more fun. So it was a great feeling for me, Jerry, when, when I hit a point in my career where I said, you know what, I'm really happy. I'm really fulfilled here. And if more opportunity comes, that's great, but I'm gonna give everything I have in every aspect of my life to this opportunity so basically you 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 came to the conclusion that no matter what you do you should just try and do it to the optimum to the extreme to to just be incredible yeah i i really did and and, and what i found was when you were that focused on 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 really a pathway towards excellence your results are going to stand out the promotions were going to come you did not have to be obsessed with it it was uh you give your best to everybody every day you prepare properly you work hard you know you have kind of a grit like attitude um people notice it and they want you in bigger and better jobs and uh and and, and the promotions follow and and you know, you also, my, my opinion there is you can't just get wrapped up in that one track. You know, uh, my world revolves around my wife, my four kids, um, 
and I want to be there for them. And right. if, if I'm too wrapped up in one thing without that balance, nothing's going to work properly. So it's been a great learning lesson. You know, you talk early in the book about finding your why, which is, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, thanks to Simon Sinek and Michael Jr., quite a, a popular topic today. And it's something that's really, really important to millennials. And I think an awful lot of millennials will be reading your book uh, but you also focus on values as well as finding your why. So well, what, what, what made you lead with that early in the book? Well, you know, I, I, I think, in, and, you know, you've mentored me over the years and, and guided me to, towards a lot of this stuff, which I'm very grateful for. But I think once you have clarity around what you want to do with your life and what you're passionate about and what you'll be fulfilled from, um, I, I think that allows you that 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 focus and vision to go after it and, and achieve it. So I, I do talk about it in, in Chapter 1, you only have one chance to make a first impression. There, there is a big uh, activity on finding your why, and, and I talk a lot about there's nothing worse than wasted potential. A great quote from the 1993 movie of Bronx Tale, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I give some examples of great athletes that, that had endless potential and, and just didn't didn't make the right decisions in life. And to me, I think it, it's because maybe they, they weren't clear enough on their why. And I come back to it in depth in Chapter 4, which is called Finding Your Purpose. And we really build on an exercise we did in Chapter 1 to establish your purpose. Um, and, and I write in there that, that, that an important virtue uh, when you're establishing your purpose is courage because other people who don't spend the time and don't put the effort into doing these important life lessons, uh, they'll criticize you because they may be jealous of you or they may think it's corny or something like that. But finding your why and setting your vision and doing all the prep work to achieve your goals is so important. You can't get distracted by other people. You have to have the courage to move forward and uh, and achieve your own greatness. Well, you know, I, I loved your process of finding your purpose. In fact, one of the things that I really loved about your book was the exercises that you put in the book that sort of force people to think through things in ways that most books don't do you know i mean and i've written four books and mine don't have that many exercises in it i mean my virtual training does but my my books don't and i love the way you you sprinkle into so many of those concepts exercises that would help illuminate for somebody what their purpose was you know kevin elko who i mentioned before one of the things he says is the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you learned why you were born. Mm, that's great. And but but it really it does speak to understanding your purpose. But but let me ask you this. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, almost 100 and uh, <laughs> actually, you know, just 69. But um, but I think I think over time with wisdom and experience, it's possible that your purpose actually changes is it not jerry i agree 100 percent. i i think an enormous amount has changed for me over the years throughout my career with the addition of four beautiful kids you know i think things changed almost after each kid right uh, 
I, I, I think that um, I, I tell a little story in the book. If you asked me when I was 21 years old what winning in business would look like, I would have said making as much money as possible. <laughs> you know, it, was, right. it was as simple as that. And, and now what, what consists of a great business leader in my eyes is very, very different. It's, it's the person, yes, you achieve the goals that you and your corporation set and you stay focused on it, but do you do it with humility? And do you do it with people wanting to follow you? Do you do it with the passion and enthusiasm that in, endears people to you? And then when all those people come to you, do you take the time to mentor them and give back from all the valuable lessons that, that people have um, have taught me over the years, do I do that? And, and that's what winning in business is nowadays. It's so much more a people thing than an individual thing. You know, I talked a little bit before about the exercises in your book, Destination Success, uh, which to me makes the book more than a book. It's actually a system. I mean, if you think about it, it's a system for learning about the fundamentals of success. So where did you get that brilliant idea to include these exercises throughout your book to sort of cement the concepts and really force the reader who really wants to be successful to think? Well, you, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it as, as a little bit of luck and a lot of learning over the years uh, that brought me here. One, I spent a lot of time in training and development uh, prior to sales leadership, and I have a real passion for that, so I'm a big believer in it. Two, even with my own children, you know, instead of just saying to them, you should really work on, on you know, finding your why. I always try and explain a pathway to do it. Or, you know, one thing we've learned from your book, Relationship Edge, is the importance of building a network. You know, so I put in there, these are, these are some good ideas on how to build a network. Now go try this. Mainly and selfishly, because I hope someday my kids will read it and study it and try and do these things. And maybe some of these skills will give them advantages in life. Uh, you know, whether it's around enhancing their faith or establishing their purpose, critical things that you've taught, setting goals and building a network. I, I don't think you can be good enough at it no matter what age you are. Well, you know, I've, lo I've known you for a long time, and I, I think I would describe you as the quintessential servant leader. Um, and I loved your focus on the concept of pride and ego. Tell, tell us about that. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, and I talk about an exchange with my focus group, which the Business Fable talks about, um, my constant interaction with the focus group, and, and the focus group, instead of some business stuff suit type uh, uh, group of people, I decided to have a focus group of an 18 and a 16-year-old kind of modeled a little bit off of, uh, off of my daughters, my two oldest daughters. And um, one of the things, the exchanges with them, it's a little close to home and we we're talking about the importance of humility and the opposite of humility is pride or being prideful and the more I researched it the more I, I almost get a little embarrassed about writing it because as it is absolutely my goal to lead with humility and to be a servant leader um, 
I think one of the hardest traits to break is 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 pride, and um, you know we 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 talk in the book a little. Do I have shortcomings? Do I have weaknesses? And I see, unfortunately, I do. And that's why I think when when you look at the exercises of learning with humility, they're so important for everybody. I, heck, I wrote the activity up, and it's critical to me. Because right now, it's important to me what my position is at the company or what my car I'm driving or, you know, did I come dressed properly to this event? And, and all that stuff is, is so insignificant in the grand scheme of things that I think it's so important for, for me to improve and get better and live with a lot more humility. You know, you say on page 48 – uh, human nature, our overly competitive world, and our current me, me, me environment make it much easier to let your ego take over than it is to consistently behave in a humble way. Um, it, it, that took me back to my college days. Where I, the only paper that I ever wrote in college and got an A on was uh, a, a paper about Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment and uh, Brothers Karamazov. And what I came to the conclusion after reading the Cliff Notes, because I wasn't smart enough to read the books, uh, <laughs> was that um, there was a quote in there, which I've never forgotten, and it said there's no... Because what happened is all of the characters in his books who, who were filled with pride and arrogance, all of them failed. And the people who succeeded were the people who had humility. And one of the quotes that somebody, you know, wrote about his book said, there's no greater force in humanity than that of the egotist let loose in the metaphysical ecstasy of pride. And I just think that's a, a, a fabulous, you know, <laughs> uh, quote about how important it is to be hu humble. Now, on page 49, you say, and I love this definition. I don't know where you got it. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Now, I wrote underneath that great quote. That, that one and the other one ought to be in every, uh, you know, great quote book ever. How, how'd you come up with that? You know, it, th that quote comes, comes off of... Um Literally, I, I was looking up great quotes, and it was an anonymous quote I found on the Internet. I wish I knew who, who, who said it, but to your point, I, I absolutely loved it. And, uh, and it, it's something that uh, I not only want to do a better job emulating myself, but also anybody that I can influence, I want to do that. I, I, you're right. I did talk in several parts of the book about it's tough in our current culture and in our current environment because we, we do live in a me, me, me society filled with selfies and Facebook and Instagram. And watching even my kids grow up with that uh, is, is very challenging for me. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Facebook or Instagram unless it's, you know, there's some wonderful uses for it if you want to keep people connected on pictures of your family and stuff. But when it becomes a, a showboat for look at what wonderful weekends I have and how cool I am, it's really detrimental. And, and young people, it hits home on very, very hard because they look at it as, why wasn't I invited to that event? It's very, very sad. I, I want people to get more focus back on, on think of what you can do in this world that's great. Think of what your purpose is in this world and go after it. And don't worry about other people or what they're doing. You know, at the end of the book, you talk about giving back, and you mentioned that before and how important that is. 
Uh, is that harder today or easier today for young people to grasp in your experience? You know, I think it's harder. I, I talk to a lot of young executives and, and all the way um, over to a lot of high school and college students as well, trying to trying to help them out on different topics. And I think there's so much pressure on young executives to, you know, students getting ready to graduate in this world that, that they have a very challenging time focusing on anything other than how am I going to make it? How am I going to make my parents proud? How am I going to achieve my goals? Um, and the world is so hyper-competitive now. I laugh all the time saying to my second second oldest child who's applying to colleges right now, well, I couldn't have gotten in any of the colleges you're applying to, including my alma mater, which you're applying to. You know, so relax. I, I did okay in this world. We, we don't all have to be 4-0 students with handling everything perfect in life, because what you find is nobody handles everything perfect in life. So take it easy, learn from it, and uh, you know, uh, there's a lot in the book, Jer, that talks about if we did everything perfect, this would be great. And these are all wonderful lessons we need to learn. You've got to be a better listener. You've got to be more patient. But the truth is, I want everybody to know who reads the book. Nobody is like that. This is an aspirational book. And if you follow a lot of this stuff, like Chapter 3, Nothing Good Happens After 10 p.m., maybe it gives you a little bit better chance of staying out of some, some preventable trouble. Um, and my kids all, all laugh at me and say, Dad, 10 p.m., really? And, and I'm like, listen, the saying's 12 midnight. Some people say 2 in the morning. I actually look at business events, Jerry, as what productive thing happens after 10 p.m.? Nothing good happens after 10 p.m., you know? So go back to your room, read a book, do a little email if you need to, or just get a good night's sleep. It's all a all lot safer in the long run. You know, Schweitzer, Albert Schweitzer said one time, I don't, I don't know what you the, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I don't know what your final lot will be, but I know this, uh, you will never find happiness until you learn to serve. And that's, wow. that's to me, your, your concept of, of giving back. You know, I, ordinarily when I finish these podcasts, I go over some things that, that people have, have talked about, and I'm going to go over three or four things here that, that you've talked about because, I, I mean, this is a book that I think every you know high school, junior, senior, college student, uh, anybody who wants to be successful should read. And, and uh, it is, to me, of the same quality as, you know, uh, the 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 uh the blanchard book and the 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 lencioni book but one of the things i loved about what you said is you didn't waste your time i mean you got all this time on a plane you can read a book or you got this time in a hotel and you're actually taking notes and you captured the things that you wanted your children to know about success i I think that's a powerful concept i mean I, i spend a lot of time telling my my children what i what i want them to know and a lot of what i want them to know are captured in my books but i, I don't think i've taken it to the level that you have um you were inspired by others and i think that's a really important thing i mean you know i i, le- I read a long time ago that you'll be the same person five years from today that you are today with the exception of two things the people you meet and the books you read and the people you meet can have a dramatic impact on your life if you'll let them uh, and if you'll pursue them, I mean, I, I had a, uh, I got an email from a, or a LinkedIn message from someone I didn't know about a month ago and she was, um, 
had been in sales six years, um, for medical sales, not pharma sales, but wanted to get into pharma. And she had researched me and said, hey, you're, you know, a guru. Uh, can you help me find a job? And she said, but I have to tell you that, you know, I have a disability. And her disability was she has a mild case of cerebral palsy and she walks a little funny. Now, in spite of all that, she became Miss Iowa in 2008. And she's the only person with disabilities to ever become Miss Iowa. And she's got a book, et cetera, et cetera. But yet she was having trouble finding a job. And um, so anyway, I, I, I helped her. And within a month, had, had she had found her a job with a, with a pharmaceutical company. And, and I know she'll be, you know, a rock star. But I was inspired by her story. But what was fascinating, you know, is that she looked at her disability as a weakness. And I said, I think you should look at it as a strength. And because I, I think most people that would look at you and see what you've accomplished and say, wow, that's inspirational to me. And so I think allowing ourselves to be inspired by others is um, powerful. And then, and then the last thing, I love your concept about you know, how, do you, how do you balance pride? How do you make sure that pride isn't destructive to you? Um, I really appreciate you being a guest, Louie, on our show. This is a must-read book, I mean, in my mind, for anybody who wants to be a success. And especially, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm, I want to give this to my coaches that I mentor, and I want them to give it to every single one of their uh, their athletes because this is a uh, recipe, it's a system for success. And the thing that makes it so powerful is how you've orchestrated this with these activities that actually, if I want to be successful and I go through those activities, there's zero question in my mind that people will be far more successful than they would be if they didn't have access to this book. So thank you for, A, being a wonderful friend, and thank you for writing a book that every damn body ought to read. And so with that, I'll say, Louis Day, I don't have to tell you this because you are, but everybody else, be incredible. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's show where we met yet another incredible person. As a thank you for listening, I want to extend a special offer. I want to give you 50% off of Jerry Acuff VT because I want to help you be incredible. Head over to jerryacuffvt.com and use the code JAVT50OFF at the checkout and accelerate your path to finding your greatness. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.